0: the game of basketball has taken us places we can never imagine for winning four-year league titles playing six years in five countries and making connections with people from all around the world we have stories that can last a lifetime I like you. now it's time to tell yours
1: when i met michael jordan for the first time, and still to this day, if I see him, he's he's glowing.
0: I, it just came down to, like I said, looking myself in the mirror, like, brother, do you really do you want to play ball or not? I've never been
1: in an environment like Euralane.
0: Cause you know, living over here in Europe, bro,
1: how we kings over this time, bro. All right. <laughs> Denver Thuggets. <laughs> Appreciate y'all having us on here, it's so good. man. So this is
0: This is Hoop Tales. What up, everybody? We back with another episode of Hoot Tales. My name is Carl Hines. I got my bro Tyler Hines with me. My guy Mike Hello. Martin. And today's episode, we got a double feature for you. We got you know our guys, you know the guys that we grew up with from South Jersey, um, the Thompson brothers. Um yes, sir. My guy Jason Thompson. My other guy Ryan Thompson. Um, welcome, guys. Welcome. Appreciate you. You know, I mean, appreciate you guys coming through.
2: Appreciate y'all for having us, man. You know what I mean. Shout out Jersey finances in the building, <laughs> Definitely,
0: baby. Definitely, no, sir, baby.
3: Yes, <laughs> Jersey royalty. <laughs> <Definitely challenge. laughs>
0: so, um, I mean, to get to begin with, first of all, like you know how, um, you know how are you guys um dealing with the situation right now with COVID nineteen, and and then how is your family um also dealing with it as well?
2: It's uh, it's been definitely. Um, you know, been weird, you know, at this time, depending on, you know, your, your team, you know, you can still be in the playoffs um, and advancing and, and things like that. So to kind of be quarantined in the house, you know, kind of, you know, back home in the States, you know, it's weird and, and, and try to adjust. Um, and, you know, like I said, it's easier said than done, but you know, it's tough. You know, your, your most important thing is your, is your health. Uh, um, you know, as much as you love the game of basketball, how much it has done for you, you know, in, your, in our careers, um, you know, to be in the house, to work out, to run in place, to sometimes go outside, <clears throat> even though that you're not supposed to. Um, it's an adjustment. Um, but like you said, it's better to, to be healthy and safe um, than, than play basketball at this moment.
1: Same, same for me. I mean, obviously health, you know, was the biggest you know, issue and especially with now having a baby um you kind of had to look at things a little bit more you know about them than than versus whether i was able to handle you know being around people with the sickness and whether i could get it and give it to them and things like that so we kind of took the aggressive approach to um getting out of there as soon as as soon as possible but um which kind of took things back is, is, the uncertainty of all contracts, of how the contracts work, and, and um, you know, the X's and O's, and nobody really had any answers, whether um, this goes in favors of the players or do they go in favor of the teams. And that kind of left a lot of uh, questions that guys, you know, wanted answered, but a lot of the teams and stuff were, you know, giving everybody the runaround because I feel like they had an inside on that they were going to have the – um, upper hand. So, what it came down to was just you know negotiate and and, and try to get you know to an agreement as quickly as possible and um, just try to get out of there and be safe. So it's, it's it was definitely a shock for me, especially ten years being home um, at this point of the year. Um, in ten years, it just it's weird for me. <laughs> Yo, man, it's walking so, outside. It's- <laughs> Yeah, walking outside and it's being cold outside. It's it's right. weird
0: for <laughs>
3: me.
0: Bro, like I was I was telling them the same thing when I got home, because like, i 'cause I'm I'm so used to being here only during the summer. Like I don't have like I don't have a jacket. Like I have like I have none of like the like winter like stuff like so. I was outside, bro. I was like, I don't got no sweatpants, I don't got no hoodie, I don't got nothing. like everything I got here is straight like summer attire. So it was like it was super weird to like be well for be me home just no having a
1: house for me having a house is the first time I ever had to turn my heat on. <laughs> um, <laughs> <first time. laughs> All
0: right, so you know we we definitely gotta shout out the uh the JT Foundation. I know you guys doing a lot of things in the community. Um just talk about you know some of the initiatives and some of the things you're doing now with COVID nineteen going on and how you guys are giving back to the community.
2: For sure. Um, you know, I just knew you know, even started from when I first, you know, got to the league and became a pro. I always knew I wanted to give back at some time. Um, so the Jason Thompson Foundation was started with my cousin Tiffany Carroll passing away with heart disease. So I didn't know what subject I wanted to go focus on, but then when she passed away with a certain heart disease, I knew heart health was the main focus. Um, so we've been having, you know, different events with with, with giving back. Um, and as much as that's been the focus that's where live like Jt kind of comes into effect because you know we do different things throughout the community where you know during thanksgiving we give out you know the turkeys and the turkey drive just like you guys and then you know during christmas we do the shopping spree and stuff for the less fortunate kids um, and then now during these tough times you know we have the you know, heroes don't always wear a but they always wear masks, you know, campaign, which was, appreciate you guys for the support with that, and it's, and it's been overwhelming, too. I mean, you know, the healthcare workers all over the world are putting their lives on the line um, to try and help, you know, uh, patients, you know, become, you know, better and safer during these tough times, I man, so it's, it's a very unfortunate situation. I know worldwide we always see these videos of them you know, saying how traumatized they are from going and work each and every day, and it's, and it's a love that they do. So it's, it's unfortunate, and like you said, if we could do little things by, you know, providing lunches for them and, and just, you know, giving them, you know, water and support, man. It, it's the little things that try to help us out and, and hopefully brings us together. and Hopefully this pandemic uh, ends, you know,
4: sooner rather than later.
0: To the, the importance of you doing this with the, the heroes of, of, of health care. Um, your mom used to be a nurse, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so did that, that kind of like hit home for you guys? Like, you know, that's one of the main reasons why you wanted to, you know, both want to do that?
2: For sure. I mean, I know, uh, I mean, I was just, obviously just terrified of even going, like, you know, having an injury or something like that. And I remember when, as a kid, when I was six, I really got my tonsils taken out. And everyone, you're so frightened to, have surgery at that young age but mm-hmm. I was just hyped because I know my mom was going to be by my side taking care of me. It's a crazy thing. Um, and then just having that in my mind and stuff like that, too. But this is, you know, the stories that she had to go through, you know, when she was young and when we were young, um, you know, like you said, hit home and it was just that much uh, more love in that particular, you know, topic. Uh, you know, like you said, she had that job with her when she was know, really
3: young.
4: Oh, that's amazing, man. I mean, shout-out to your family, your mom and dad and everybody. It doesn't matter what Thompson event is going on. It could be a barbecue. <laughs> it
3: could be a
4: basketball camp. It could be anything, man. Mr. and Mrs. Thompson, they always, you know, holding it down, the whole family, so shout-out to them. So, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll jump right into, you know, early life, man. Um, you know, how did you guys get started with basketball?
1: Sure. Um. Well, I kind of was always on the outside looking in since I was, you know, two years younger than Jay, and kind of just watching him th- grow. You know, I mean, it doesn't. Um, it depends on you know how early you want to go. Um, you know, he was already dribbling the ball before I couldn't even, you know, um, do much yet. So I kind of was always like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. So I kind of had the opportunity to play up in the, you know, the elementary school level and things like that growing up. So it kind of gave me the advantage to um, play up and, you know, follow the footsteps of him and kind of get an early start in, in basketball.
2: I just think you know, for me, just looking at it, it's crazy how, like, when you have, like, times like these, you can kind of reflect on stuff that happened in the past. And, nice. you know, you look at, like, all these, like, documentaries of certain players and they just, you know, speed past like the childhood times middle school times and like middle school was tough and you win championships but it wasn't easy guys are getting cut that you're best friends and you don't know how that is to handle that you know i go to lenape and grow nine inches and go be a guard all my life and then they were like yo play the center like, what you know what i mean and, <laughs> and having to develop that I'm 190 on paper but if you look at pictures i was probably 180. 6'8", like, arms as frail as a remote control. Remote control you know?
0: 170, like, 170, bro. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was crazy. Uh, but to know that, like, as much as, like, I was trying to, like, adapt, it was going to help me for the long haul of, like, developing all those skills. And I could say, most importantly, and it wasn't even that we were on the same team, but Rising Stars was kind of like that rock. like. You know, you're solid in your area, you're doing well, you see your name, you get on the line like the center third. But then when you're playing against guys, you know, on the other side of the bridge in Philly and Delaware and then guys coming from New York and stuff like that, all coming together and you're playing these guys where in, you know, Mount Laurel, Cherry Hill, whatever, you know, you're going at guys and giving them buckets and stuff. But when you're going in there, guys are being tougher. They're, you know, they have a different type of demeanor to them. And that kind of like, you know, helped us out, you know, with the practices that we had. You know, I never practiced so hard, you know, in, in certain things. We run it when we already know we in shape. you like, <laughs> nah, you're never in shape. When you full court, you're <laughs> going to be most, you know, conditioned team, right? You know, I, I mean, we all know because we all play there, you know what I mean? So those type of things helped me out through that time and make a decision to go to to Rider and having that same mindset of trying to be a, uh, a big fish in a small pond, even though, you know, in the beginning, you, you're just trying to do things to, even the success you had in high school, you're like, yo, I just want to come in here and fit in, be an energy guy. And then next thing you know, that mindset that we had back then of just keep getting better, keep uh, getting stronger. And, and like you said, the rest is it's kind of history when, when years kept on. Uh,
0: you, you, you touched on a little bit about, you know, Especially you, Jay, being a late bloomer and you, you know, to a certain extent, Ryan, uh, at the same time. Because, you know, when you... People don't believe when I tell them that, like, you guys weren't considered the best player on your high school basketball team. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, right. you guys, you know, they, I mean...
4: Allegedly. legend, I mean,
0: with <laughs> <laughs> accolades and, you know, all that different yeah. stuff, you know. um, You know, so, you know, talk about, like, your, your growth, you know, over the course of, like, you know, like you said, you know, Ryan, you could talk about a little bit more about, you know, you talk about, you know, you both kind of coming in your own. And I remember you, Jay, like you said, you you grew nine inches within, you know, in high school. And it was a point, I remember it was like, you know, you were tall, but it was like, you like, you weren't dunking, you know, people were always like looking yeah. at you like, you know, cause you were just shooting J's and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. And then also talk a little bit more about um, Lenape High School and about, you know, you guys during that, that 2004 um, championship run.
1: Well, for me, more or less, um, I mean, the way that I look at it now, I wish I would have played more in high school. I didn't really, um, well, I'm talking varsity-wise, but I didn't really start playing until my, I mean, it was a little bit, I got a little bit of playing time in my sophomore year, but I didn't get to really show what I could do mm-hmm. until my junior year. And I kind of, um, and that's the time when, you know, a lot of teams, or, it's a lot of teams, a lot of colleges are looking at you and scouting. So it, I kind of had a little um, chip on my shoulder to, you know, kind of speed up the process because I didn't feel like I had the opportunity to show what I can do my freshman and sophomore year. So um, I kind of just did whatever I could, you know, in overdrive to be that factor my junior year um, going into my last two years of high school.
2: I think for me, it's a blessing in disguise. You know, when we go, when I first was there, we had a first-year coach as a freshman. They kinda at Lenin they kinda had a system where like, you know, even regardless if you're the tallest and the most talented, you freshman gotta play freshman in J V and then sophomore gotta kinda like what Ryan was saying. And a situation happened with one of the coaches and we had the Hall of Fame coach Billy Lapp that became the coach in my sophomore year. Um, which was like you said, it's the gift is the gift that, you know, God gave us honestly, because of his way and method. And like I said, He is a person I still talk to this day, Hall of Famer, but there was things that I didn't agree with, like Ryan said. Like there's whereas nowadays if you're a freshman and you're, you know, a sophomore and, and you're the most talented regardless, you're you're on the varsity team, hands yeah. down. That's what Ryan yeah, said. Yeah, but sure, like you said, sure. his system was a system where it's like kind of like a Popovich in a way where like, hey you're gonna be here, we're gonna develop you yeah. and it's gonna you're gonna be around this winning culture. Are you bought in or not?
0: Yeah. You gotta and like I, said, a little bit. Yeah, so like I said,
2: Yeah. So like you said, I regardless of me what growing those inches during those times and things like that. And like and then you said I was arguably the best player, Matt Bentley, who won player of the year, was at that time. But none of us were a thousand point scorers, even Craig yeah. Peters. You know That's what crazy. I mean? So it was all <laughs> balanced. But you have one heck of a year where Ryan is coming into his own in sophomore year, I'm a senior, you have three guys going D1, and we become undefeated. And during that time, you don't really realize of like, you don't enjoy it. Like it was Mm -hmm. so fun and stuff, but it was so much pressure of like winning the next game. And then Mm -hmm. when you're in the playoffs, you have to to be undefeated and run the table at this -hmm. time. You know what I mean? And now, you know, when you're older and a little bit wiser and you look at it, you're like, man, like you try to cherish those moments. Hopefully there's film on on us and, and things like that. And people don't understand about the grind. Everyone cares about stats and stuff, which makes sense. But if you have the talent and you're in around a round of winning atmosphere, college coaches are gonna see you anyway. Okay. And that's what I'm trying to tell these kids, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys are as well, um, of how times have changed, where it's not about yo. Cause like you say, a guy can average twenty-five, but how many shots is he taking? What's his field goal percentage? You know what I mean? So it's a it's a certain type of balance. And I think that chip was on our shoulders when we ended up going uh, you know, to, to rider. And like I said, for me it was a it was a blessing to have Ryan wanna come and play with me in college for, for two years as well, man. You know what I mean? I think you can write a script better than that.
4: Yeah. yeah, that's definitely <laughs> dope. We got, we got to talk, uh, we got to talk about the good old the uh, DeJuan wagner Roger Stars days. <laughs> I mean, we, we got to take it back there. That's that's where it first started. That's where we all got our, uh, our exposure and, you know, started getting our looks. But just having that good time. I just remember, you know, y'all Team J, you, Sharon Fisher, Al Fisher. You know, just just going down the line, y'all. With Kyle, you know, all y'all was stacked, man. And Ryan, we had a nice little squad, and you know, we weren't we weren't bad. Me, you, Chris <laughs> Martin, Claire,
3: yeah, I'm right yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> dude,
4: yeah, So it was dope. So you know, just talk about a little bit about that, man.
1: Well, first of all, shout out to Russ Cook. Um,
0: yeah, you know, big, big shout out and Dwight Wagner.
1: Putting us, you know, in those opportunities and situations to, you know, show what we can actually do. Um, it, it was definitely a, a blessing for all of us because that was the first time it was just, you know, taking all the the best guys. Whether it was it was NJ NJ All Stars at the time, and um, I believe there was one other team. I just I just don't remember the name, but that's where all the you know top guys were were going. And um, he kind of just gave us the you know the opportunity to showcase ourselves at the highest level.
2: And like I said, shout out to, to Uncle Russ. Um but I mean I would say for me, humbly, how my how we grew up, it was well, I didn't really have shoes. My as much as I kept growing physically, my feet kept growing too. So like the first <laughs> consistent basketball shoes I had was from, from Russ. Um, you know stars and stuff yeah. like that. So uh, but like I said, I mean, there's tons of tons of learning experiences on the court. You know, like you said, with how we worked. You know, there's times where we have crazy practices, and then we're running for, you know, suicides and seventeens and stuff. And as a kid, you're not really <laughs> understanding it. Um, yeah.
3: Telling the candy bars too. Running, <laughs> the, we think running, is just It
2: wasn't to, to get shit. Um And like I said, just to you don't really know how you're getting better and learning from the competition that you're playing. I think it all humbled, I mean, I know it humbled me, it humbled us all, where, you know, you're going in there, you have a, a, a of squad, especially for the area that we were all from, and to, I was, obviously, we all want to take 10 to 15 shots and, and things like that, but we all did the little things, um, you know, to get notoriety, to, to be successful uh and like i said i mean shout out to shout out to dewan wagner for, for
4: you know sponsoring this i mean you know, the
2: messiah of, uh, exactly. as well man um to see the success you know that he has had and i remember uh even a small story. when we was in one of i think the it wasn't the nationals or regionals or something like that and it was the day Dewan uh strapped it. And we're all in there, man. We was in this hotel, <laughs> I don't know what hotel it was, but we made sure we was gonna get the TV. The TV might have been the size of the cell phone, yo. We was gonna make sure we supported. I just remember oh, being that day and having that feeling, man. It was just like, yo, dreams do come true, man, for, for, for people and, and for people in our area. Cause not too many people um, in our area, you know, had that type of success, that high success. Um, so, like you said, it gave you a lot of motivation going into practices and, and eventually when we got to the next level.
0: I think, I think one thing it did, too, is that just seeing that, because Dewan, I mean, Dewan was not only a star in South Jersey, he was a star nationally. He was you know, huge. So, for him to, you know, he didn't have to sponsor our team. He didn't have to come back and sponsor our AU team. So, like, when I see him do that, it was like, man, like, if I ever get on, if I ever get an opportunity, like I have to come back because he did like he kind of set that necessary thing in motion for us. And that's I think that's the main reason. Like, you know, we'll talk about that later, but that's one of the main reasons why like we give back to the community and why, you know, we have all this stuff. I think though him and Uncle Russ, um, and Dewan they definitely and you know, with Worldwide West as well, you know, definitely put, you know, all of that kind of in place for us for us to lay the, the footprints for us to be successful and then pass it down to other kids. All right, let's jump into Ryder, man. We'll start with Jason. What uh what ultimately led you uh, to choosing Ryder and Ryan, did you kind of make this decision at the same time as Jason, or did you kind of see how his first couple years went to to make that decision for yourself?
2: Well, well, one I feel like during that time there wasn't a thing where you wanted to kind of have stacked teams, you know, where you know like the RJ Barrett and the Zion were going to go to Duke and then you know and, and all and all those guys. So I felt like. Our team were, we could have put, we could have for sure played at high uh, D1 schools, but we all, I think at that time, were being recruited by those mid majors, D1s. And I remember us kind of all, like you said, getting recruited by the same type of teams. And I knew that Kyle went to Greensboro, Sharon said Niagara. I was going to Siena and then like I said there was still some more Central Connecticut and Ryder and stuff like that and I was just looking and I was just like alright I see how guys are finding ways to, to, to make a name for ourselves and pick our own thing so I remember I went to uh, you know Ryder for my uh, recruitment trip and, and the craziest thing is like what happened and like I said it's not even that long of a story but it's like going on a recruiting trip we have like Midnight Madness and all that type of stuff we go it's the pre-party before the whole thing. And like people got
3: shot and traffic <laughs> at the event. It's <laughs> like my mom, my mom and my dad are like waking up and like, oh, like I was out like three, like I was Oh, it's just crazy. I was
2: thinking at <laughs> like, looking at the history of that school, I'm like, man, I knew it wasn't a thing where it actually you know, happens consistently on that campus and stuff like that. Um, but just for me, like, to be close to home and still being D1, uh, like I said, I think that was the decision that I wanted to go with, and I knew that I would be able to to play against my guys as well, too.
1: For me, it it was definitely in the in the back of my mind, but um, you know, for a while it was like, All right, you know, paint your own path, you know, go to a go to a different school and then, you know, the relationship me and Jay had it's just like, damn, this would be dope if you know, we're we're on the same team. We you know, we can get to the um, uh, NCAA NCA tournament and just things that we were always, you know, talk about growing up. So that kind of weighed um, in the back of my mind and um, getting late into into my recruitment. Well, I actually co- ended up committing my, my junior year. Um, it was the time I actually was going to end up signing and going to George Mason. And at the time, this is when they went to that, uh, had that final four. run. So that's that's kind of where and I just had my visit there. And that was where I narrowed it down to. It ended up being George Mason, Drexel and, and Ryder. Rex, I didn't really want the, you know, the city campus. I kind of wanted to just, you know, live on campus. And, you know, that's just how I visualized it um, at the time. But um, it's just, you know, be, being closer to home, playing in front of, you know, family all the time and, and definitely having your big brother there um, to, to play with, against, and, you know, um, compete with him at, at, you know, one of the highest levels. and that kind of trumped everything once once i went there and just saw the campus life with him there and um just just being free and and obviously having him him there as a safety net in the in the beginning years um definitely helped a lot for me you know in development
0: I mean Ryder's right ride up the street, so were you pulling up like when you was a junior? were you pulling up in the <laughs> yeah, I, I mean <laughs> I, feel
1: like, I feel like I went up there twice. Um I kind of try to keep my distance, you know, let him in, enjoy. Like when he first left, I was just like all right, you know, he he, he left the nest, so just let him, you know, do his own thing. I'll i was, I'll see him at all the all the games and things like that. But I didn't really go up too much on the weekends and plus I was younger. True. So
0: I couldn't was do, you, I was couldn't part anything. When y'all went to school, it was like, it, how often was your like your parents? I know your mom is like really like big and like you know like, <laughs> like, like y'all like no matter how old y'all are, like, your mom was like, well, every mom, but y'all mom was like, yeah, like, yeah. Y'all, like, y'all are like y'all are babies, so it's like, how often was your mom and your parents kind of like pulling up like just to the school and or how, or how often crazy, were you going what's,
2: up? What's crazy is like, all right, during the times when we did have a break, you know, we would go home. I'm not sure if that was for everybody, especially because yeah. you know you guys are father. I know Sharon being Niagara and Al and CNN and you, Greensboro, but like, for me, that 30 minutes felt like it was long. Like, like forever, time, yeah. I
3: swear, I
2: swear, like during that time, especially like when I wasn't going there that much and then you, the same people aren't there, like your friends and stuff, everyone's away, it just felt like it was, like going to Buffalo or something like that. Like,
3: bad <laughs> part. I mean, so far even going that. City, <laughs> like, to Like,
2: Because, like you said, I wouldn't even tell them to, like, me have like, yeah. only- <laughs> you know what?
3: Like, born in town.
2: But I, I think in my mind, too, is like having those flashbacks. make you Like, they would reel you in to stay. Like longer and just be like there and I'm like, yo, I'm like I gotta live my live my years. So I mean it's good to have that support system, uh, and things like that. But like you said, at times it's overwhelming and times it feels like it's farther. But actually, like you said, it's only twenty, thirty minutes, which is crazy.
1: And they were at every home game, no matter That's what. The, best part, yeah. the, closer, yeah. the closer away games they would take, you know, weekend trips and all that, but they they were
3: there.
0: Now, for both of you, um, and we'll start with Jay. because, You know, I mean, you the older brother. When when did you start feeling like you know that you start getting national attention? And we talk about your stats a little bit. You know, after your junior season, you were one of three players that averaged twenty and ten. Um, then you know, after your your senior season, you know, I mean, you were MAC Player of the Year. When did you start kind of like realizing that you could possibly pay play for money? Um, that you could do professionally? And then when was kind of like almost like the the NBA kind of like, you know, on your radar during your time at Ryder?
2: Which is crazy is that like my sophomore year, they had a thing in our conference like called like the, like, the Mac All-Stars or something like that. and We ended up playing like the junior national team of China and Shanghai Sharks and all this type of thing, and I think it was like right after like Yao yeah, had gone to the league or whatever. But like you said, it was still it had to have been Yi, you know. Them had to have been mm-hmm. on that team. Like I said, yeah. it was crazy to even know if they were or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like I said, I was one of the youngest ones mm-hmm. there. Everyone was like juniors, seniors, and I was like the only young in there. Like lost my luggage everything. No, it was crazy. Like they messed messed up and this is like my first time kind of being abroad and I had no other teammates while everybody else had other teammates. And to even bring that story up, it was like the Passos who was the coach at uh, Loyola with Siena or whatever, Jimmy Passos. Like I ended up leading in scoring and like I had my birthday there and it was like one of the worst trips like overall that I had. But I just like Locked in basketball wise and was just like going at it's the younger, you know what I mean. Like you said, we went undefeated, let it score, and there was no like animosity from like a senior or dream like, Yo, this young taking all the shots. He's like, Nah, this, this young is all right, like, you mm-hmm. to you know, what I mean, He gonna be the face of the league at, at, at some point in the match. Um, and then like you said, I took that confidence in to the next season. Uh, had 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 ride coming. Uh, like I said, I even told people, too, that I was thinking about transferring, cause, which is crazy. The year before mm-hmm. I got there, we only won, like, ten games,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is which yeah. is crazy. I don't even know how I even survived that, thinking of, <laughs> like, the, the mentality that I have. <laughs> um, And then, like I said, I started going to LeBron's Academy and my, my, uh, my junior year and was holding my own. And then when I was going into my senior year, um, I went there, and then I went to the Amari Skill Academy, where it was, like, the best bigs in the country. Um, and then, like, that's where, when I was holding my own, going against guys, getting buckets and stuff like that, that's when um, it started becoming more of a buzz. The game, our games were sold out, like,
3: mm-hmm. hours yeah.
2: before. people. I, I mean, I never seen, like, the stuff that was going on at, on that campus that it never did. like. People was tailgating, um, like it was like a football game or something like that, like it was going crazy. Uh, but like I said, during that time, I never really got to kind of enjoy the ride, even though we were having winter streaks and going crazy and getting all these accolades and stuff. It was just more of the grind, because like you said, if you if you ever get the, a big headed um, mind on that, then you can lose focus and then mess things up. Because like you said, you don't know who's watching, virtually, you know, mm-hmm. we had, you know, at least 10 NBA scouts at pretty much every game. I mean, they was even watching, you know, Rye, and at that time being a youngin' and stuff like that, and I was trying to tell these guys, it, while being the leader of the team, to get wins. Yeah. Um, you know, so the it started becoming that, and, and unfortunately, which I was even going to bring up earlier, is that Rye got a concussion, um, you know, in the quarterfinals while That's we were impressive. rolling, we were yeah. rolling. And I got us to the championship, but well we you know it was a lot of injuries, he was out. Once he once he was and it was crazy, you know, being the big bro, I see him on the ground and I'm like, man, get up,
3: man.
2: Get up, man. We in Jersey when we was in off, and now I was like, ah, oh, damn.
1: <laughs> Somebody like, go get him. <laughs> I was like, damn, to I was trying everything to, uh, for them to let me play again, and they was like, nah. Just, that concussion you know,
2: protocol, it was over. I got elbows. I mean,
1: My, he yeah, was I got second elbows. in scoring and
2: top in every other category. Um, I mean, you know, once that happened, I mean, like I said, I got to the chip, man. But it's, it's just unfortunate, man, so. Who who going to lose to on the trip that year? Sienna. Which Sienna? Was, yeah, they were stacked. Yeah. I mean, they had Hasbro, Clarence,
4: Ronald uh, Moore, a uh, uh, couple of dudes that won
2: player of the year, years after, so like, yeah. friends, I mean, you know, friends. Coaching man and his style of play, just how everyone locked in. You bliss, I mean, this squad was crazy, yeah. yeah, yeah it
0: did, it, that, was, good. that was We smacked
2: them though, in the, in the, we smacked them in the uh, in the season twice. I swear, I
0: was gonna uh, I was gonna transfer to sienna Like, the one, the only thing, and the only reason why I didn't want to transfer is because number one, Siena was super cold, and then number two, I didn't want to sit out, I didn't want to sit out a year. But like Fran was like he had me. He was like, "Yo, you want to go?" And I was ready. I was set, ready to go. But I was like, I just couldn't sit out a year. But afterwards, I was like, "Man, like it would have been dope to play like against like you two, to play against the Rons, to be like in that yeah. conference, like." That, yeah, would uh, have
2: been a problem. Y'all, they was yeah, a problem. They would have been a problem. Problem. That would have been
0: that would have been fun, bro. That would have been <laughs> super fun. <laughs> what
3: about
0: what about you, Rod? So when when did like during your college career did you start realizing? Obviously, you know, you saying, you know all the things that Jace is doing, but like, when did you start realizing that, like, you know, I can do this professionally. I can, you know, make money, you know, playing this game?
1: Um, it was once he left, um, the coach at the time, Tommy Dempsey, brought me in and was like, um, a lot of the guys, you know, were, were here looking at Jay, but, you know, they, they definitely have their eye out for you. And, yeah. We had a, a tournament in what was it like? It was like a Cancun Invitational. And he was like, "Yeah, there's a lot of these scouts calling, um, saying that they're interested in in you and and um, being able to you know play at the next level." So, but for for me, it was it was tough because I was the junior, and we had a lot of at the time like our captain was a senior, so they were you know they had their little you know core group. So it was at first it came in as you know this guy's you know trying to take my shine things like that but because we bumped we bumped heads my junior year there was a lot of us bumping heads and um it, it was tough and we had a solid year but um numbers wise everything was good but my senior year going into it like everything i mean everything was focused on me so it was my numbers went down. We had a, a, a solid year still, but at the same time, going forward after that, um, I got invited, invite, invita- oh my god, invited to the Portsmouth, <laughs> in which I ended up leading in scoring also. Yeah. And while I was there, um, I had a, a personal meeting with you know Danny Ferry, so it was like, all right, this is you know really something that that might happen. I worked for, worked out for every team except. Four, and um, had high hopes of you know getting drafted, but you know it just it just didn't work out.
0: All right, so we'll go back to Jerry real quick. Uh, let's talk about that, that draft night, man. The Draft night process, where you guys are at, what that feeling was to to you know come out of South Jersey and be selected in the lottery.
2: Yeah, man, it's uh, I mean, overwhelming to say the least. Um, the night before, I worked out for the Nets and uh, Knicks together, and then I picked up one of the suits that was going to be at the hotel of like that hosted the draft. So saying that is, I stayed at home for the draft. You know, I really, I didn't get pretty much like invited. But then I had Comcast and I had ESPN come to the come to the rider and then come to the crib um so you know that next day i ended up doing a a interview with the sixers which was you know a good a, a solid you know story as well you know being at home and stuff um but that whole day just seemed like it was forever honestly i mean everywhere you went you know you go down the street and people was out there and you know you could just tell the nerves of, of everyone uh, you know, all humbly all the TVs in my parents' crib is on the channel. Like I can't hear it and stuff, you know, and asking all the questions and stuff. And like you said, for people that know or don't know, I mean, the way you kind of know is from, you know, at the time, you know, David Stern coming up to the podium and finding out if you're going to be, you know, drafted. So, um, I just remember being in the kitchen uh, with my agent at the time, uh, Andre Buck, and it was Jared Bayless was 11, and right after that, you know, there's like five minutes in between, and he, you know, all his, his texts started going crazy, and he was just like, yo, congrats, and at the time, I mean, the only person he was pretty much representing was me, so I'm like, I'm like, what you mean, he kept like bumping me, I'm like, yo, what's wrong with you, man, for that, and, uh, I think, I think. So we just all turn and look at David Stern like in the living room, like we at the crib. And you know, he, he said, you know, with the twelve pinch Sacramento King select Jason Thompson. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like I said, it's, it was it was crazy. You know my, my you know, you hear, you know, I hug Rod uh, with just a lot of emotion, you know, my mom, my grandparents, everyone. I go outside to get some air and they going crazy in the streets. Um, <laughs> It was the, it was it was memorable, man. And then, like you said, it was. Uh, it's not even open anymore. It's like a chicken and peas now. But we all took a called a random limo service, <laughs> went to uh, Chance, uh, oh, and, and celebrated. And like I said, I couldn't even get inside. It took me like an hour and a half to get inside. So I can't imagine just like the people just like waiting like it was just like media and like I said, it was unexpected. I didn't know that they knew I was going to be there and stuff like that. So it was uh, it was an overwhelming experience and blessed and like I said, just all the hard work that you you put in paid off and it was just uh, something that you won't forget.
0: Ryan, how'd you feel, man? I know how to feel like you got drafted too. You know, that's big bro, that's family. So it was
1: the, it was the craziest thing because I didn't, I mean, the part where I've, I've heard it uh, a lot where he kind of got the nudge, but I had no idea. So we're over here with me, Russ, and I believe my mom. We were taking a shot. For every six.
3: <laughs> take me to the <laughs> head. <laughs> hey, Uncle Russ, uh, take the shot. I'm like, man. And Uncle Russ, I don't
1: think I'm going to make it. <laughs> Better. Better go soon because I ain't going to make it.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, once, once hearing it, it's just, you know, looking over at he has, you know, this look on his face, which was, you know, pure happiness, and you know, we just hugged, and it just felt like everything, you know, worked out as it was supposed to.
4: That's what's up. That's what's up. Jay, how was that uh, That transition going from uh, from South Jersey to uh, Sacramento now, now you in the league? So how was that whole transition then? Well,
2: it was the first time I ever been in – well, second time I ever been in Cali. You played Cal State Northridge in the Bracket Buster. Um, you know, in college, but you were on there for like two days, so it was just an adjustment. Uh, which one adjustment was great because of the all all year warm weather in Cali, right. which I was, <laughs> which I was definitely not mad about. Um, but then, you know, you're going into a, a you know a city where it's you know only that team and that sport, um, which you are kind of used to. Which in my college at Ryder, we're not having a football team and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, like I said, that adjustment um, was was somewhat similar. Obviously, when, you know, you're a lottery pick, you're going to a team that's, you know, has been struggling, you know, right when that happened, there was a huge trade, too. Uh, so we had, like, all young guys and shipped out our vets. Um, so, you know, for that, the experience was, the basketball experience was good. And like I said, I, I, I played a... Uh, you know, solid did my thing with a rookie, with a draft class that was crazy too. Um, you know what I mean? So, which was one of the, you know, top in, in the, you know, NBA history, you know, with D. Rose and Beasley and, and the list goes on of, of all those guys. Um, but, like you said, it was tough because, like you said, as a team, you know, had the coach fire midseason, I think we only won, like, 17 or 18 games so it's just it's just tough to balance because i was just so used to winning uh but then like you said you're 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 living your dream and you're getting paid to play basketball so it's just like you have to find the balance of like yo you're blessed but you want to win too so it was it was it was tough on that aspect but like i said you're still living your dream like,
4: what was definitely. uh
0: what was, like, your, you know, during your first rookie year, all of us have, like, a fan moment, like, on the court or in basketball whatever. Who was that player that, like, you know, that, went, that checked in or that you played against, he was like, like, oh, shit. Like, that's, like, that's that guy. Like, you know, you kind of, like, had to check yourself a little bit. Who was that Who was that person? Yeah.
2: I would say uh, – I would say Kobe, honestly. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. you know, and rest in peace to him. Uh, Definitely. started daughter, Gigi. But I would say him, just – being from, you know, this area locally um, and then, you know, him being an Eagles fan and, and, and all those type of things and him being in the division. You know, we played him four times, you know, twice at the Staples and twice there. Um, the games, you know, super crazy. Like I said, I'm so stubborn when it comes to, like, certain stuff like that because I've seen t- my teammates, like, in the media give praise to guys, which I give praise all the time. But I feel like they, even if they don't read it, one of their coaches or people are going to show, like, yo, the player you're about to go against is giving you crazy praise. They're, they they might not be shook, but go at them a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I never wanted to show weakness when it came to that, but I always show respect before the game, sometimes um uh, and, you know, even even after the game as well. Like you said, you know, we had I had some moments where, you know, we he was talking at times in interviews, you know, he was saying that, you know, it's the future of the team and, and good luck. So like I said, just to have him, uh, you know, talk about me and mention me in, in ways like that, man, is uh, is a great feeling. You know, you're watching a guy on the two uh, and then actually being on the court, uh, you know, playing against him and competing against him. is a, mm-hmm. a different feeling. Cool. cool.
0: Um, um. Ryan, let's talk about your uh, your process coming out of school, coming out of college, 2010 draft. What were your expectations? Do you expect to get picked up? And uh, Um,
1: as soon as the draft was over, um, got called um, from the
0: Jazz
1: and went to the Jazz for training camp. Um, Made it through the whole, um, you know, the cut process up until the last day. It was actually the day before we were going to play the Kings in preseason, mm-hmm. and I broke my ankle, Damn. and yeah, just everything just just came crumbling down because was, everything was going well. It just it seemed like a a good fit, and everything was you know positive mentality. Um, actually, talked to Jerry Sloan. Everything you know was was seeming you know positive going forward broke my ankle and had to go through the process of, you know, rehabbing and going to the D League. And that was a a gut shock for me because that was the first time I ever was cut from anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, battling through that mentally and, and getting through the, the thought of, you know, they don't want you kind of, you know, uh, was hard to get over for a while. So I played maybe after rehab and all that i probably played like a half month in the d league which i didn't enjoy the d league you know at all plus it was my first year doing the d league and you know coming off of a serious injury you know you're trying to work yourself back in and i feel like that's that wasn't the best situation for me to go in you know trying to get back to the to the game and uh and um, trying to put myself in in a a great situation. But um, every situation, you know, is is different for everybody. And then I kind of just went with the mentality of, you know, maybe it's time to, you know, give up this dream after, you know, years of summer league and doing that and trying to get picked up and doing training camps and things like that. Once it finally didn't work out after, you know, two or three summers, I'm like, all right, you know, it's time to start focusing in on uh, on Europe and, and really, you know, um, take a serious look at that. And, and that's that's kind of where it led me.
0: Talk, talk a little bit more about um, your experience with Utah and just kind of going through like that whole training camp process. And, you know, obviously, you know, Jerry Sloan is a Hall of Fame legendary coach. So talk about your, your experience with him. Um, and like you said, it's going through that that whole entire process, and elaborate more like with. But for people that don't know, what life in the the G League right at the time was the D League called. Like, what what's that life like that you know during that time you spent, and how much of a grind it is?
1: Um, well, I mean, starting earlier, um, you know, getting you know praise from you know Jerry Sloan, who's you know Hall of Famer, and at the time it was Jeff Hornacek was the assistant coach and. That was the same year, you know, Gordon Hayward came out and it was Jeremy Evans and um, we had a, a nice group going and um, we were the only three rookies. It was also uh, Demetrius Nichols was there for training camp and Othena Jeffers and we were all, you know, battling for uh, one spot and uh, getting the positive, you know, feedback from at the time Rajah Bell, Al Jefferson going to his house. I kind of felt like i was part of the team so Mm -hmm. once you know i broke my ankle it just felt like my whole world you know crumbled in front of me and i i really didn't know how to handle it or knew what the next steps were because i never really dealt with the the feeling of being cut from a team and and it definitely hit home for me mentally right um and as far as the the d league for me it was it felt like it was it was college all over again. You you know you're rooming with guys. Um, the travel situation wasn't the greatest. You know, um, the pay was not not good. I mean, I had uh, fortunately um, signed for training camp, so it was money wasn't as you know as drastic. But being one of the guys that was definitely on the team, even though I was rehabbing, seeing so many guys in and out, it was just like a day to process. Um is a it was tough to develop any relationships with anybody because the next day they might not be there. And it's not like you get a phone call or this, it's just all of a sudden they're moving their stuff out and just like, yeah, I got cut. And um it's it's definitely tough mentally and and physically because it's a grind because everybody is uh trying to fight for the limited spots and sometimes you have you have no control over it because if there's a guy that's on assignment that's coming down to your team and at my time it was Pop C who was um, drafted by the Atlanta Hawks mm-hmm. um and it's like all right well we want him to play we want him to play so anybody at that position is just not playing because they're they're playing the whole game so that was another you know gut check um that I had to deal with and it, it it was just a lot that I had to go through mentally to, you know, battle through and, and, and get through it. But now, I mean, I'm, they're doing a, a great job um, of the development of of the new G League and, yeah. um, you know, upping the money. So it's just more of a incentive for guys to stay home instead of having to, you know, go overseas.
4: We can, uh, we can channel back over to you, Jay. I know at one point in time you... Uh, you were the king's all-time leader in games played in your career you know tell us you know a little bit about that you started you know you found a home in Sac. Uh, you're there for a while you um, end up becoming not just a rookie anymore you end up becoming the vet so you know how, how was that whole experience and and everything from there yeah it was a
2: crazy situation like i said before uh in my first you know rookie year you know we didn't As a team, do so well. The coach got fired, and I had an interim coach, you know. In my then, eventually, you know, in those eight years, I never had the same coach for two seasons. So I've had eight coaches in eight years: Uh, Reggie Theus, Kenny Nat, Paul Westphal, Keith Smart, Mike Malone, Tyrone Corbin. George Carl.
3: That's
4: correct, man.
1: That's, <laughs> the fact you gotta think about it, I though. <laughs> Muscleman? Muscleman?
2: No, no, no. So it might have been seven. I, I don't know. I, I think I forgot something, but you definitely crazy. Like I said, and like I said, I've never been with the same system of a coach in an organization, which is crazy. It's one thing if I go from team to team and stuff. Um, so, like I said, ended up signing a five-year deal and, uh, you know, which was another blessing, you know, once I got drafted, I was never just satisfied with just, you know, being on the team. I wanted to to beat the average of, you know, four to five years. And, um, you know, it's tough. I mean, I think in my career, you know, I had the most teammates in a short span of an organization in history as well. Uh, you know, I think also it was a, a thing where I had the most games where I never had been to the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, played, you know, which these are all things that, you know, are, are, are tough mentally, you know, wise. Because like I said, you're, you're still blessed and you get, try to get advice from people. And they're like, yo, you're, you're, you're playing in the best league in the world and you're making tons of money. Be quiet. But like in my mindset is that I don't. It doesn't work like that. It's like yo, I want to win and do what I love at the highest level. Um, so those things were tough for sure. Like you said, eight straight years not making playoffs with the same team um, was 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 tough um, as well. I mean, like I said, try, and then becoming a vet with not the same type of core. Like we had a core for a certain amount, didn't work out, and I was still there. Um, you know, in the wrestling history with, with other teammates that will remain nameless of, of the relationships they have with the organization <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but uh, but like I said, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a blessing to be uh oh that's why I messed up. I said eight coaches, but I was in SAC for seven years. So I had seven coaches in seven
4: years. Right, so
2: I knew I was right, so I can't coaches <laughs> seven years and then uh, I mean, for people that some know, got traded to the Sixers, then went to Golden State, um, and then finished my year uh, in Toronto that year, going to the playoffs for the first time, which was, a, which was a blessing as well. Ended up losing to LeBron and the Cavaliers that year, who ended up winning the championship. So you lose to the team that wants the championship in the California That's right. not a that bad thing. So it was a blessing. Um, and... Uh, I mean, I'm glad that I finally been, was able to to play in, in the playoffs and do uh, something
0: I was going to do. So, you know, circle definitely. back a little bit. Circle back to like the the moment when you got traded to Philly um, for that whatever that week or two week period where you was like, I remember we talked about it. That's it was that like came to the was, phone. We was yeah, everybody crazy. was hyped. They <laughs> were like, <it> was Jay. <laughs> "Jay, Home, Jay, Jay, back home. So, like, you know, talk talk about like you know that period, like you know, like you know. The the dream of possibly playing for your hometown team, and then and then literally, I, I'm sure it was bittersweet for you getting traded to the Golden State Warriors, where it was like it was the hottest team, you know, in the mm. you know, in the NBA in the world at times. So you know, talk about like those like that, whatever that. It was tough.
2: Y'all might get the exclusive. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> <like>, yeah. Hey. <laughs> technically, I was in SAC at that time during the offseason. season. Uh, door for my camp, my annual camp. And so Rye and even Tone and Kenny and all that was there. So we all had been in the house all week and stuff like that. And then I see of uh, the news happen. And I remember being on the phone with my agent before the news broke out and he was like, Yeah, you're getting traded to Philly. I'm like, that's not fine with me. Like, what? <laughs> and I did and once I knew, I was like walking around like where i live at like in the development and stuff so like when they found out they didn't even know where i was at like ryan and they was like yo where's jay like so i'm like walking trying to remember this like yo like seven years yo and then i'm going to my hometown like, this is crazy you know what i mean uh so like you said it was a lot of emotions at that time you know the Sixers years weren't that good. They were definitely in the midst of the trust of process. So it wasn't a thing like that, but in my mind, it's just like, damn, I my hometown team, but you're going to a team that I'm going from a losing team to another losing team at the time. Mm-hmm. Um with a mini with a winning mindset. Um and then like you said, you go to a a team that had just won the championship, which was crazy news too, which goes back to what I said on draft day, where you kinda Everyone sees stuff on the bottom ticker, but as the player, you find out maybe right then and there, either the bottom ticker or from my agent. My agent had told me, and the next thing you know, wow, ESPN posted, it, and it's going crazy. I'm out to eat. And people in the restaurant, I'm like, yo! yo. I'm like,
3: That's yo. Good. My was
2: on silent, so I didn't even get no, you know what I mean? So, you know, like I said, that situation, is what it was, you know, be, being tough where, you know, you're used to playing, you know, 30 plus minutes and, you know, you have to find a way. And like I said, these are the, that's a time where I've never really not played major minutes on a team. So that was an adjustment. Um, I would say I would have done stuff differently of how I would have handled the situation, you know, me now being more mature and stuff like that too. Um, being able to sacrifice to if I wanted to win, because like I said, sometimes as a player, you work so hard to get there, but you know how hard you work in the offseason to be able to yeah. want to do things when it's limited of how to win. And like I said, being on a team that wasn't used to winning, I wasn't used to that. Uh, and then like I said, got an opportunity in Toronto. And then started a lot of games, um, and then played solid, you know, solid minutes in the playoffs and stuff. And just was, you know, Dwayne Casey gave me a great opportunity during that during that same season, man. And I was just blessed to be able to, you know, play my game, shoot out, you know, do things that I'm capable of doing, um, which was a
4: blessing. And Toronto was a was a great, uh, you know, city as well. That's dope. It was it was crazy, man. I remember uh, we are going to talk about Golden State. I remember when you came to Philly, you had that event with your foundation, man. It mm. was so dope, even though, you know, you may have not been at Golden State for that long, how they all embraced you, man. Everybody mm. came to your, your, your event at Del Frisco's, you know. uh yeah, Steph there, the whole squad was there, Clay, Clay Thompson. And the dope thing about it, everybody was mingling, everybody was talking, man. They were supporting you, the whole team. So I, I thought that was dope, man. I really thought that was dope. For good. sure. And, I, and the crazy thing is how you say that, it's like, That's something
2: I wasn't used to in SAC, like with the team, because no teammates were there significantly amount. So I remember when I was just so focused on doing that event and then, you know, saying, hey guys, if you want to come, but like, instead of being like, hey, yo, can you guys come? Like, you know, they were already like, yo man, we'd love to support you and everything you do. You know what I mean? So to see that and for them to be there um, you know, during that time, like you said, speaks volumes because it's something I never really dealt with at that level, especially when, you know, we were the, you know, best team in the in the world, you know, at the time as well. So I was blessed for them to, like you said, support me during those times.
0: Uh, so, dope. I want to take it back. I got a quick question about your early days in SAC. Who was that vet that kind of took you under their wing and kind of showed you what it meant and what it was like to be in the league? And then moving forward, later on in your career, did you pay that back to anybody? Who was that young rookie or young player that, that you taught the game to? One
2: one hundred percent was Francisco Garcia. Um, great guy, you know. Dr. from lives in you know from New York as well too, man. And really just showed me because at the time he had just signed a deal and then had an unfortunate injury. Um, you know, with his wrists and and things like that. But he was just telling me, man, of just like trying to stay focused and humble. And it's so hard to do, you know, when, like you said, you're in the limelight, you're in a a city where it's just, you know, that, just the team and no other major sports, Um, being able to save your money, being able to make smart and wise decisions. Um, And like I said, I, 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 I haven't talked to him, you know, recently, but before, you know, we used to talk, you know, all the time, and, and I just – he knows how much I appreciated him for helping me out during those times because, like you said, he didn't have to do that. Um, and I definitely became more mature and learned a lot from him and, and made wise decisions from, from talking to him a lot and, and him kind of paving the way, you know, for us uh, young rooks at the time. <laughs>
0: And then to flip it, like I said, who who was that young player when you, when you, you know, became a vet with SAC? Was there any one player that came in that you kind of did the same to or? Uh, I
2: don't know. It's so crazy because I had, I I was like the vet, like there. Cause like, you know what I mean? Just being there for so long. So if anything, it was like, yo, like they, uh, a lot of the guys would just come to me and just talk. So it wouldn't be anyone in particular, I could say. It would just be like, yo, Jay, you know, you know the city, you know, where places to eat, where places I could take my family to. Um, you know, you have your stuff together, man. What ways did you want to do And Like I said, I'm always an open book. I, I, I never thought that, you know, you always think you're gonna be young, so when you become a vet, man, you don't ever wanna be old. So they uh, start calling me vet, I'm
3: like, Dang, I remember two
1: thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, I was a what?
2: <laughs> no facial hair and everything. So I'm like, nah, but um but yeah, I mean it's it's good and like I said, I, I use that to get back and I'm still doing that with, with the camps and, and things like that when I'm trying to teach these kids that it's so much different. I'm so glad that I didn't play as a kid in the social media era honestly i mean it's the gift it's the gift and the curse because i think that you know you the views and things because like i said one kid scores 20 points against a solid team he think he's going he's going to be a top five recruit and pick you know what I mean? Right. When you, we don't have, I mean, we have to go on the VHS job for us and have to go like this. You know? uh,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> check it, check
0: it, uh, check it, hoop scoop online and see where you, yeah, uh, see right. <laughs> yeah,
3: sure. <laughs> <She laughs> right. like, where you rate. Everybody had the same password. I go up,
1: not go down. That's the truth. And yeah, it's right, crazy. Right. They
2: really yeah. made us play. Like, how you gonna be trying? to see who
1: the top player is and they had us playing
0: outside them. Yeah, facts. <laughs> but I mean, I mean
2: at the time it was good. Yo, yeah, it was we young playing by playing on the blacks. So I'm like,
0: come on, yo. Yeah, we even we didn't even think about it. Now this to circle back to you, Ryan. Now like you said you 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 finished uh you finished up in the G League and you decided to to go overseas. Um your first stop was Italy. Um what was your feelings about, like, you know, when you when you first got that contract offer? How did that come about? And were you nervous about going overseas? Because I'm mean, up to that point. Like, did you know anybody that played overseas? Like, what did you necessarily know about um, overseas basketball? Um,
1: at the time, I was very excited, you know, seeing the offer, you know, because that was the first real money um, yeah. I was getting at the time. So I was just like, yeah, where, where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly had. To no idea about italy or what i was getting myself into or you know the different first division second division i had no idea um never been out the cut well cancun uh other than cancun never been out the country so getting on that plane and landing and not being able to see anything in english (laughs) <laughs> kind of was just the, the first gut shot. I was just like, oh, because you just assume everybody knows how to speak English. It's just how us Americans are It's just when you first go over there, you just assume everybody knows English. And going up to one person, you know, to ask a question and them looking at me like I was crazy <laughs> was <laughs> was once I was the reason I was just like, all right, well, this is this is real now. And um it's. It took me a while to get you know used to the lifestyle and, and being away from home, and especially doing it alone um, is is definitely a lot tougher than you know having your family there with you and going through the process of it.
0: How did you? Uh, how did your first season go? Um, you talk about kind of like the initial culture shock, but was it was it what you expected? And then how long did it take you to kind of make that uh that that trans- that transformation from you know. American-style basketball to European-style basketball?
1: Um, it, well, my first game, I probably had about uh, 15 turnovers just off of putting the ball <laughs> down. And, and the, thing that
3: was, that the, thing crazy,
1: the thing that was crazy about is they never explained it to me. <laughs> <laughs> throughout training camp, throughout, you know, preseason games, I'm doing the same rip-through. Bowen, scoring the basketball. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, after the first game where I look like I'm crazy, they're like, oh, well, you got to learn how to put the ball. Why wouldn't you tell me this? All the rules were the same. And it it definitely took me a a while to get used to it, especially being a a guard and a slasher and somebody that, you know, likes to rip-dribble a lot. That was um, probably the toughest thing for me, and I only asked I only had one other American, Lee Meyer Goldwire mm-hmm. So what, oh, like, I had guys to talk to. It was just me and me and one other. So if you guys aren't getting along, it's just like you're on your own. Right.
4: I know. Um, with the year you won the championship, um, what team was that?
0: Ostend. Ostend. Okay,
4: that Yeah, because I remember. uh this is when uh, I think it might have been my first year playing and seeing your, your Facebook and all that. It seemed mm-hmm. like, you know, y'all are very <laughs> close as a family and the teammates, and I see you used to hang out with uh, one of the other vets from over there, too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: That was stuff, my so. first. I think Belgium was my first um, family atmosphere type uh, uh, country. Right. And going off of Italy, it was just me and this other guy. You know what I mean? Me and Limar. so it was just like nothing from the outside. but once I got to Belgium, you can have four Americans. So it was like, I would go to uh, the Americans' families, you know, for dinner. It was um, the Tofi family. They would, you know, hold Thanksgiving and, you know, all the events and try to keep everybody together. And it kind of just made it a lot easier. And that was the first year. I was just like, all right, well, this is more like it. If, it's, if everything's like this, I can, I can do this.
0: No, that's dope. That's dope. No, no, Jay Jay was Jay was uh you know he's in the league where he's taking L's and then you over you over in uh Belgium with a championship. Then next year you you go to Germany with a championship. Talk about like that'll I mean, be your championship experiences, like you know, did, did you ever I mean did you ever kinda of throw that at him like look like I mean I'm over here with the with that's the <laughs> I
1: swear I, I feel like we're always on opposite like. Where it was like the it was a long stretch where he was killing and yeah. I'm struggling, so I'm completely yeah. him. And literally, like right when everything starts going good for me, that's when he's. Doing it. And it's just like we're never on the same on the same path, but at the same time. It's just Like those those two years tying together, and especially Bamberg, which I you know loved, and especially you know with um, Kyle yeah. also playing there, kind of just made it easier for me to make the decision to go there, but. Winning back to back championships and a cup just kinda of was just like, All right, well, this is you know, this is where it's gonna take off from there, but um it just, you know, kinda of stalled out on me. I mean I didn't, you know, keep rising, you know, with the with the certain levels and I kinda of just plateaued to the, you know, playing Euro Cup and all that. I, I gave the opportunity I, I was given the opportunity to play uh League for, you know, a few months but you know the situation I was in just didn't work out.
4: What was life like in uh in, in Belgrade when when you uh decided to play for a Red Star? You know? The
1: the the city the the atmosphere there was uh, hands down probably the best. Um, it was just tough. That was my first coach where he didn't speak English. So getting off the plane, I went, you know, late September. Oh, no, it was uh, early September. And, you know, uh, walking into a situation where a lot of the, your point guard doesn't really speak English and your coach doesn't speak English. So you have an assistant coach, you know, following you around, telling you what he's saying. But you don't really know if he's actually translating what he's saying. He might just say, like, all right, well, he just said, uh, go back door or, shoot a jump shot. He, he kind of always threw me for a loop, and that was... Uh, that was another culture shock for me, because it was me. I was the only American at the time. Uh, Gal Mikel um, was one of my teammates. But, you know, he's he's from uh,
0: Europe, and uh, Big Sofa was my teammate. <laughs> big Sofa. Big yeah. Sofa. Shout out to Big Sofa. Hey, so, you, so, you've, I guess, so you've been in, I think, nine teams or eight teams in 10 seasons or something like that, or somewhere around those lines?
1: Yep yeah so, uh, i only did one one uh two-year contract with them
0: so you like I said belgium germany turkey serbia now israel where what has been your favorite place your favorite place that you played at um and then what has been the most challenging challenging place
1: um for me i would just say as as a whole the, i love the the country of germany germany was very yeah. really, uh americanized and it, it definitely I wish Germany would have been my first, my first stop after uh, leaving the states because mm-hmm. it's 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 easier transition to um, get used to the life in Europe. And my toughest was for sure Turkey because mm-hmm. um, there's a it's a lot of things you know contractually that you can't control and, and whether teams pay and whether they don't pay and things like that. And I wish I would have knew more about you know the the situation of. Getting paid on time and when you have to get paid before I made the decision to go there, and now and was I have a lot more insight.
0: And wasn't that the that that team? That was the team that was close to Syria, right? Or some? Uh... No,
1: no, no, no. We were we were pretty far from that area. But okay, okay. Definitely a very old-fashioned, um, yeah, old-fashioned city where you know you go into a city where everybody's covered. You just see everybody's eyes, and it, that definitely was another culture shock for me because you know you really didn't. Um, Communicate with you know too many people. Yeah, it's crazy. All
0: right, Jay. So we know you was playing in the league. You know, it was tough to to actually see him play in person. You remember that first game when you actually got a chance to go see him play? And did that help you, you know, as you turned the NBA to Europe?
2: Yeah, it was uh it was dope. Like you said, just with the, how the scheduling and stuff um like that, and then having to you know be in California and then come home and then try to find times to see when I could be able to to go see and play but eventually I did uh a year um, when he was in Bamberg yeah and uh it was it was it was crazy because like I think I went there and it was was like, what the first round of the playoffs mm-hmm. and uh I knew some of his teammates uh At the time, but the crazy thing is, he set me up at halftime. I'm all like dressed out jeans and all this type of stuff. <laughs> they then they come out at halftime and like, yo, you gotta uh go against this person and shoot. I'm like, yo, I just had, <laughs> I just had dinner. I had a couple. No, <laughs> you
3: know,
2: it was because if you sit in courtside and then he just came out of nowhere and like grabbed me. He's like, yo, you gotta shoot. I'm like, what? Thank God! Thank God! I won though, because the person that,
3: the person I wanted to get is out of shape and
2: everything. i was like I'm about to be embarrassed all in Germany. But uh, but it was it was it was definitely a dope feeling. It was uh, I think it was one of the first times I had ever even been um in the country as well. So to see him play great, got the dub, and I think that's the year that they won uh the championship. Um, so it was, uh, he had seen me play a few times when he was in uh, college and he came, uh, during the holidays and stuff. So for that to, to be the first time for me, it was a long time coming, but eventually yeah. now I, I try to still play and I try to find ways, uh, I went to go see him play in Um last year and then this year I saw him play in, uh, in Israel, so it's always good to, to see Pro playing and, and mm-hmm. continuing to to play well and do the sport that he
0: loves. So, how was that transition after you left the NBA? Your first stop was China, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, one out uh, of the reason why I mean, like you said, I had certain offers to go back, and then I seen the transition of how guys were, you know, playing well. Out there, and I was uh, seeing the situations. And Poo Jeter, who was one of my former teammates in Sacramento, uh, had, had was on that team. And I never forget. I had signed and everything. And the day before I'm about to leave to play abroad the first time, he calls me he was like, "Yo, man, I didn't sign back. They signed someone else." I'm like
3: what? <laughs> <laughs> kidding me? And, uh,
2: it was, it was just crazy because, like you said, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, not there. It's just, you know, this is a basketball man, and it, this is a lot of things. It's, a lot, it's real cutthroat. So, you know, I guess they try to reel me in, you know, have him reel me in and then find someone to replace him at the time and stuff. So, it was crazy. It ended up being a Norris Cole. Um, uh-huh. um, you know what I mean? So, like I said, it was an, it was an adjustment. I think, you know, even – playing in Europe and playing different things, I think it's similar to the league when it comes to like the style of play, like the running gun, um, you know, they care about stats, crazy, you know what I mean? Uh, and, but like you said, the rules is different. Like, you know, say if me and Ryan are on the same team and I start the first quarter, he has to sit. I come out, say five or six minutes, then he comes in. Then the second and third quarter, we play together, and then the fourth quarter we have to separate uh, separate minutes.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: mm-hmm. So, like you said, it's an and that's an adjustment. I'm like, man, how you gonna, how am I gonna come out just because you want the guard to come in when I'm chill? Yeah. Like, oh, well, he got to play some. Fuck that. So, like you said, <laughs> it's an
4: adjustment. That's nah,
0: mm-hmm. No, no. Talk about, um, so you leave China and then you end up joining Rye in Europe. So, Rai, first of all, you had already played in Turkey. What advice did you give Jay when he said that he wanted to, (laughs) when he said he wanted to come over to Europe? Like, (laughs) what did you tell him? Are you sure?
1: (laughs) That's exactly what I said. Are you sure you really want to do this? like, man. I, you know, I want to try it out. I want to see, you know, what EuroLeague is like and all that. And I was like, all right, well, what teams are interested? He was like, yeah, well, Fenerbahce. I was like, well, damn, you're going to like, that's <laughs> like one, ex- like, like it just takes it to a whole nother extreme. It's just like having that that kind of coach and, you know, that type of you know pressure that you have from the fans, like that's a lot to take in in your, your first time going to Europe. Oh, well, you know, the, all the fan love and they're sending me all these videos of the crowd and all that. I said, Yeah, that's the good part of it. <laughs> things, I mean, I just was trying to give him like all the the stuff that could potentially happen, but he was he was focused on um, you know, definitely trying it out. His mind was made up already. But hearing his you know, how he act how he acted and his reactions to certain things that you know, he wasn't used to with, you know, roommates and and things like that that was, you know, uh, not not knowing that, you know, they were they're flying private and all that. He's like, man, what the f-? you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> said, I get to the hotel and they give it them keys for roommates. He said, what is this? <laughs> hearing his reactions and um, seeing how he deals with things is, is funny because all the stuff I would complain to him about, you know, my earlier years um, in Europe. And he hits me with the, oh, it's not that bad. You can get through it. Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and now, every time. Bro, bro positive. <laughs> oh, <boys, laughs> like, you never told me it was like this. I told you this was a big woman. So it, it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely funny now hearing his, uh, how he's reacting to everything happening.
4: So, what was life like in uh in Turkey for you, Jay? You you being out there and now playing for a Fenerbahce, one of the, one of the best teams in Euroleague. What was that whole experience like for you? Well, one, it started
2: off crazy because of like how even preseason was. Like we had eight games in a row. Yeah, man. In a row. <laughs> Like, and then going from a different country. And then, you know, one of them being, you know, Zadar, Croatia, where I was talking to Kyle and, you know, trying to get advice for a short amount of time, too. Like, I was just like, and, you know, and how everything just kind of changed. Like, I was just like, I never had got off a plane and played the same day, ever, you know what I mean? And, like, you had to play, like, at a certain type of level and it was crazy because like there was just certain and another thing is i never had a season that long so like you can have like two months of like everything's fire and then i didn't and then even signing i didn't know i was playing in two different leagues either i thought it was only Euroleague. league like you know what i mean so yeah it's my fault a little bit but also it could have been my agent's fault for not telling me like the exact <laughs> type of thing. Oh, I didn't know you had to play with a different basketball, which you know shoot or shoot, but it's still a difference. You yeah. know, they have two Euroleague games and then two Turkish league games, and then you roll in, and then you have the country game, and then well, I don't know how it is for you guys, but then some guys like two guys have to sit out each.
0: Yeah, same yeah you know, yeah. for
2: having too many foreigners. So I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm rolling, I'm good. And then one of the times my parents came and it was my time, whatever. And they was like, yo, sorry, a couple guys already sat out, it's your go. You have to, you know what I mean? So it was just certain things. I'm like, yo, my parents, they saw me play obviously, but, you know, to hear them say that, yo, you have to sit out just because of just the rotation, is just something that I never really, you know, heard of. and. Uh, Yeah, I mean, mean, of course, it's an adjustment. Istanbul, though, is a beautiful city, even though we were on the Asian side. But, I mean, it's a beautiful city. People are great, Um, great places to eat and things like that to do. Uh, But, yeah, I never, like I said, me, uh, us and and Cheska was going back and forth, you know, with wins and, like, you
0: know what I mean? Oh buzzer-beater wins that year, right? You said, what'd you say? I said we had both at Buzzer Beater wins Wednesday, right? I think yeah, you beat us I'm there and we beat you guys. We yeah. beat you guys there
2: those games were, Yeah, Nicolo and, <laughs> and then Mella. Yeah, Mella. Yeah. Yeah. And like i I said, those games were crazy. And just to see of all the winning that we did, if we lost any game, it's like yeah. the worst
1: thing ever. And I'm like, <laughs> and I have to tell them I'm like, yo, chill. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like We lost, we lost to Maccabi. Mm-hmm. Telling me at their at their place,
2: you know, we just didn't have it going. Then yeah, everyone started going crazy. and I'm just like I ne- like I said I've never seen that, especially if you win in so much.
3: Right.
2: So like you said, it's just certain adjustments like that which um is it's tough. And like you said, the coach is a different. Animal like Hall of Famer, but like I, I like I said, I've done with coaches like that, so it wasn't that wasn't much of an issue. But it doesn't <laughs> help as well. But overall, I mean, it was an interesting experience. You know, we get to the Euroleague Championship and and uh, end up losing. But I don't think it was in our favor to win anyway because I don't, I think they wanted uh, my man's to, to go out on top,
3: but. Yeah, know. Know. So
0: talk, talk about that, talk about playing, you know, firsthand seeing Luka Doncic up close and in that championship game. And uh, you know, Fener, cause Fener won the championship the year before, right? They were trying to go back to back? Yeah. Yeah. okay. Which well, yeah. so
2: I didn't know that they, the game was in Turkey, in Istanbul. Yeah, which okay. no know, which knowing how to final four is that's a huge thing to have it hosting oh, in there. Sure. But like you said, this is I'm only being told this, right? In the playoffs, they're like, Oh yeah, we won it, but it was in this But I'm like, Well, ah, it's a big difference. <laughs> 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 um, but uh oh yeah, so I mean, going back to China and in here, it's like, you know, one of the games I think we beat Madrid, it was at home like during regular season, and he had like 13 points or whatever. You know what I mean? But he led the team to score. <laughs> Compared to you know what he's doing now in the league, it's just I could see the potential and see the skill level. I think it was really separate. Where I really saw him was uh, EuroBasket because it was in Istanbul, and when they won the championship, I saw him like, all right, yeah, this is because like I said he might be a different you know, style of play in Euroleague. But then when I see him in Eurobasket, they played a little different. The one coach was the coach of the Suns. You see him spread out, and now you see him now. You, you You see how he has that confidence being that young and being able to stretch the floor and pretty much do everything, anything he wants in this style
4: of basketball in the NBA when you, when you came out for, uh, you know, the EuroLeague championship game, were you like, yo, this is crazy, like, as far as fan-wise, atmosphere? would you think that was, like, possibly the best basketball atmosphere you ever played I would game? say for sure. Um, you know, I've, I've
2: been, you know, in Eastern Conference Finals, too, and, and things like that. But like I said, I think the uniqueness of the EuroLeague Final Four is of having, you know, the one game and then advance. You know what I mean? So I think for sure having that type of uh, that type of level of certainty, uncertainty of like which team can advance, you know, win or go home type thing I think is, is, is incredible. And like I said, I mean, our fans were, were, were crazy, you know, during those times and um, just to see everyone kind of come together all in one. Um, I know it's unfortunate, you know, of everything going on through this pandemic for it to, you know, everything to be, you know, postponed or canceled or stuff like that. But yeah, that was definitely one in the, the record books of just the, how how everything was going and that that whole weekend.
0: Talk, talk you mentioned it a little bit, but talk about the the Fenerbahce fans and you know just the love that they showed you while he was there and just the. Just that whole atmosphere of like you know every every game every League game playing in front of those fans.
2: Man, they are they live and die uh, <laughs> yellow there for sure. I mean, they, they, they 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 on the streets they're you know wherever and and like I said I mean it's a winning culture. Uh, I can only imagine how things went this year or how the season went. Um, but you know, love love the guys, love the fans. The, you know, I had a great teammates. You know, with Gigi and Melly and Brad and Nunley and Bobby. Who's you know, and all and all those guys. With uh, you know, Jan and brought me in with with uh, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: you know, great great things as well too. So I think uh, they have a lot of passion, just like everybody is just taking in certain context at times, you know, you can win 10 in a row, you lose one, and stuff is crazy. So, like I said, I can't imagine how it was this year uh, with with the squad. But like I said, it's all the uh, regardless of, uh,
4: you know, us winning the championship that year, though. Let's go. JT, we got something in common, man. Uh-oh. What's that? He said, uh-oh. We both uncle. We both uncles, man. For sure, for sure. Yeah,
2: man. I had to you think, I'm not hold up.
0: Which way you, to take to you <laughs> gonna take this? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm, gonna cool. I'm, like, hold I'm Yeah, I had to scare you real quick, but you know, we both uncles, man, and you know, I remember talking to Ryan before a few times, and he's like, you know, a couple of times he was lonely being overseas. So I'm going to convert it back over to you, Rod. Um, how, how, what's the feeling like having your family out there and, you know, having your daughter out there with you and her going to your games and having really at your games and all that? Like, what's that feeling like for you?
1: It's a, it's an amazing feeling. And it's night and day. As well as, um, the mental aspect of it because you, you, after practice nothing's worse than going home to a you know a, a empty apartment you gotta cook your own food you're gonna end up running through everything on netflix nothing watch. you played every video game and it's just it takes boredom to another level and it's just like can you handle that for a whole year and then with having you know your family there and, and bella there re for me um it was just like all right i'm ready to get out the gym you know i I had a reason to be happy to, you know, go home, and it 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 just made everything go by faster. You know, what I mean you have you have people to talk to, hang out with, um, and it just it just makes the atmosphere, you know, a lot better. All right, JT, how's
4: that feeling with you, man? Being an uncle, man. I know for me, it's like the it's the best thing ever, man. I'm, I'm all smiles all the time, even the messing around in the background. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: for sure it's, it's it's a blessing, man. I think it's also uh more of a blessing for me just to to know how it is how he is. And with Ryan, you know, maturing even more and, and to see how he is with, you know, his wife and Bells and, and for me it's I would say it's it's good practice. You know, I don't think I was ready to be a, a, a father, you know, back then but now, you know, being older, you know, mature and and being an uncle, man, it just humbles you in a certain type of way, where you're like, ah, right, you know what? If you're trying to get as as good as as these guys got it, um, you know, you gotta put your your mind right in the right in the right path. So uh, it's, it's it's been a blessing, man, to see when I first, like I said, I wasn't there when she was born, but then to meet her. Last summer, and her being like a, a peanut in my arm, and now her, you know, walking and almost talking, almost turning one in a, in a week or so, man, is uh, it's great. It's great to see the development and, and future future pros uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, I saw your video the other day. Her
4: her scoring that basket. Sure. <laughs> that was
0: dope. So, Jay, you actually you had a chance to go out to Israel this year as well, right?
2: For sure. Yeah. Uh, I would say the crazy part of even this whole pandemic is, one, I was in China before the pandemic started. Then I go to Israel uh, to, you know, during, it was a break right after Chinese New Year. And then I come home, then I signed to go to Spain and then the pandemic gets hit hard over there and then I come back to the U.S. and the pandemic gets hard in the U.S. Yeah, it was you, all like, over oh, you, bro, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're the, you're yeah. the reoccurring thing. Even though I wasn't in China <laughs> when it happened, so I, I didn't prolong it. Um, but yeah, Israel, Tel Aviv, man, is beautiful. I know Ryan was in uh, Halong um, and great uh, city right on the beach, warm weather. And like I said, it's a great opportunity to come, uh, you know, see him and the family, and and see him play a game as well too. Uh, and like I said, I hadn't been there. Well, I had been there when we played Maccabi, uh, but you know, had some time to reflect as well. And uh, and actually see that type of basketball. Uh, you know, basketball is such a small world, man. When you you know start seeing the guys on different teams. You know, Rod had Joe Alexander. Uh, on his team who was in the draft with me, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? So, it's just crazy how basketball just, just goes in, in,
4: in circles I oh, like that. Okay.
0: So, circle back a little bit. You mentioned you were in China earlier this year as well, and if I'm not mistaken, you were playing for Stefan Marbury, right?
2: I was, yes. So what was that
0: like? How was that relationship, and what was it like playing under him?
2: Uh, it's, it's, uh... It was it was interesting. I mean, it's a guy that, uh, like you said, has tons of, of respect, you know, globally in basketball. And I feel like just as a, every player we all have, we all go through certain type of certain type of things in our life. I think his was a little bit more publicized just because of, you know, him being a, the icon of Coney Island and him playing for the Knicks and, um, you know, having all those things. And it was a it was a it was a a blessing to, to be able to play uh, for him as a coach. It is his first year as a coach. Um, I think everyone, the first of everything, regardless if you have all the confidence in the world, you have to, to learn from your first experiences. You know, I think we all have been first in some type of things and we all learned that we were, were so much better now than we once were Whatever we started, um, you know, so. For that being said, you know, there's expectations, you know, we did the expectations and stuff like that. Uh, you know, there are times that you know, guys aren't going to see, you know, eye to eye on, on certain things, just like everything. Uh, but overall, like I said, I'm just blessed in the opportunity. Um, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen with, uh, you know, the situation in the CBA. I know they were trying to renew it and they
4: postponed it again, so see what happens yeah, yeah. with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, y'all both accomplished so much on and off the court. Um, I know, you know, we we're all, were all boys. We talked about so many things, different things about life off the court and, you know, a couple, couple of our next steps. And I know, uh, you know, you guys started the scoring factory. So, Ryan, you know, tell us a little bit more about that and why you wanted to get into that.
1: Uh, one of the main things I um, wanted to do, you know, after my basketball career was run is is to, um help the youth develop you know basketball skills and it's i'm at a fine line right now to determining if i want to you know just handle workouts and develop kids or get into coaching i mean after this year i kind of had more of the um coaching mentality aspect of things And, and i see basketball you know in a different light now because um I'm understanding more of that, you know, the X's and O's, you know, more or less the business of it. And um yeah, I'm stuck in the middle of debating whether I wanna, you know, just continue developing kids skills or, you know, dive in head first and get into, you know, full on on coaching and, you know, have um, accessibility, to, you know, to all of it. And um first stepping stone on that, I was always telling Jay that, you know, we need to Um, start something where you know in our area kids can have an opportunity and a place to you know work out we always would go to either if it was pushing the limit or we would just go you know to the YMCA and just get our workouts in and play and if we kind of gave kids a platform and a place to go to develop your skills uh, play pickup games and um, get better and you know just have a family atmosphere tied to it um why not you know if it benefited us and it's gonna you know help help kids you know develop um basketball skills you know stop playing video games and you know getting out the house um why not and it just seemed like the right time to do it now that i'm on you know the back end of my career
0: so so Hey, talk about, uh, you know, with this, like you said, you being able to be home during this time, which probably what you normally wouldn't have been. Talk about the opportunity to, you know, go back to Lenape and having them, um, you know, honor you, um, you know, during that ceremony and how special that was to not only you, but also also your family as well.
2: It was, uh, it was a blessing. I don't think that uh, I ever thought it, it might possibly happen. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can honestly say, you know, just to be real, since we have been being real, uh, you know, there, there was some things um, that I didn't agree with with, with, with Lenape and how things were done. Even, uh, you know, I tried to give back because everyone always thinks, you know, why do I always do stuff at Rider? why do I ever do stuff at Lenape? Um, So it was never me. It was just something that we could never come up to an agreement with things like that. Uh so like I said, I think time heals all wounds and I'm just blessed. Uh you know, for it to, to be to be there. It's gonna be there, you know, forever and ever and stuff like that. So it's a blessing to know um of the development. And like I said, like I didn't become the man I am today until probably college. Um but, you know, having Coach Lang and, and so much winning and being a focal part of you know a special year that we had in 2004 um it all it all came together so um, it was just good to see familiar faces obviously i wanted to kind of do it you know a little bit more uh planned because people wanted to you know come out from different places and things like that uh, but you know it is what it is and i'm, I'm blessed with the opportunity
4: So I know for you, Ryan, I know you just got uh inducted to the Ryder Hall of Fame. So uh congratulations to that, man. That's a nice great so, so what was uh what was that feeling like, man?
1: I was it was definitely a dream come true, especially two years before sitting in um in the audience, uh, you know, watching it happen to Jay and I kinda that's when it kinda hit me. I mean growing up you you really don't look as as far ahead as to, you know, am I going to be, you know, in the Hall of Fame, is my stuff going to, you know, get hung up in the rafters? And once I saw, you know, it happened in Jay, I'm like, all right, well, you know, this is something, you know, I I hope, you know, that is going to happen for me also. I feel like my resume and my accolades throughout college, you know, were enough to, you know, be in the talks of it. I, you know, wasn't fortunate enough to get, to get drafted, but I felt like um what I've done those four years, you know, spoke enough and um I got the call that that um that year to get inducted and I was, you know, it was a dream come true. It's amazing, man. So no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All
0: right, man. We we don't want to hold it all up too long. I guess the last thing we can just jump into, you know, what what advice both you guys give the young players, you know kids that have participated in the uh in your uh, program and camps and you know just young guys coming up in south jersey what advice would you give them as they're moving on in life
2: one thing i can always say is, is that there's always hope you know we're uh, living examples of um, and even Duane as, as well too uh dreams coming true um, we all wanted to be able to, to become pros and being able to do the game that we love. We met so many people. We traveled to so many places, different countries, and things like that. And we honestly, and um, you know, just don't do it for the notoriety and stuff. We actually want to give back. And Kyle said before, like you know, once we saw um, guys doing it for us, if we ever had the platform to do it, we wanted to to give it back as well, and I think that that's the most important thing. There's so many people out there that are trying to, to, you know, take parents' money and, and, and things like that. But, you know, anytime I, I usually raise money, I just put it back into something so it's gonna get back to the other person. Um, it's never just going in my pocket, it's always going to someone else. So, you know, can be able to help them out too. So, being able to to stay locked in, be close to your family, um, limit your friends and, and stay away from the leeches and stuff like that. Have that hard-working mentality. God forbid anything happens to a player uh, athletically. They need to be smart on their academics, you know, uh, you know doing homework and, and, and tests and, and being at school and on time and, and things like that. I always try to preach that to, to kids as well as we have our college degrees to be able to go back to after life, after basketball. Um, and like you said, it's, it's, it's earned, um, not giving. So this is not easy things that you have to do. There are going to be some hills, there are going to be some valleys and things like that. But um, at the end of the day, if you got if you have guys that are willing to take out their time out of their busy schedules to, to teach guys these things on and off the court, man, these kids nowadays need to absorb it like sponges. And, um, each each day is going by is, is one day for a kid to maybe you know lose
4: their dream, and So if
2: they stay focused and have a plan, sky's the limit.
3: That's
2: real. You ain't going you ain't going after that rock.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sitting over here like he just everything I had in my head mentally, he's like, all right, all right, all right I'm, like, I'm like, all right, you know what?
3: certain things when when you said I'm like, Dang, he answered everything
1: once. I'm sitting here like, all right, there's one left? Okay, okay. I mean touche. Like Right. That's, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's what happens when you roll it, it comes from exactly. the heart.
4: Man, and, exactly. Exactly. You know,
1: for me, it's for just, me, uh, mainly is that just everybody's path is different. And you know, whether it's succeeding in, in in a a job, at a normal job, whether it's being an athlete, you know, um, work hard and, and, you know, just challenge yourself to be the best at, you know, whatever you're doing. Definitely, definitely.
4: I think one of the purpose of us even wanting to do this podcast is show that, you know, like like Jay said before, this uh, basketball takes us all over the world, and you know it comes full circle. And now all of us, uh, I, know, I know I retired, I know y'all still playing, but we're all you know towards that. I want y'all to be able to play forever, but you know it's not going, you know, not always going always to happen that way. But, uh, I guess the best thing that we can say um, that nobody can take away from us is uh, the legacy that we left. So I just want to definitely say, you know, I appreciate you guys for all that you do and, you know, for being brothers to us and all that, man. So you know, just gotta keep it going and hopefully we got that
0: a good Thompson Hines collapse coming soon.
3: <laughs> for,
4: <fact. laughs> for sure,
2: definitely gotta all lift right. up after this quarantine, man.
0: For sure, definitely, man. Definitely, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be here for a while, so.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 all right, folks. Appreciate y'all.
1: Appreciate y'all having us on here. Really. Definitely, Sorry, man. Man. Definitely, really man.
0: Yeah. definitely, man. Was, yeah. Definitely, man. Definitely, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Y'all take care. Y'all stay safe. And like I said, we link up. Um, you know, as soon as this soon as it's over. For sure. Sounds good, man.
2: Fam, God bless. All right,
4: all same you, best, sir. All right, see y'all. All right, fellas. <laughs>